We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The score! I'm really impressed watching the tape this week by Luke Getzky, the offensive coordinator. And that ball is out. Chiefs ball in games like this. The ball matters more than any game. There are 70,000-plus who are screaming against him. Well, that's how many fans I play in front of normally at my house. Pretend like they're all there, but there's zero. But right now... Yeah, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, but thanks for playing. Uh, Let's talk some broadcasting with an expert. Richard Deitch is the media reporter for The Athletic, host of the Sports Media Podcast, a weekly show that features interviews with members of the sports media, roundtables about TV, digital, audio, radio, print, and other forms. You can listen to it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, or you can just follow Richard at Richard Deitch on Twitter or X or whatever you're calling it. He is with us on the Circa Sports Illinois hotline. Hi, Richard. How are you? What's up, fellas? Richard, we've been trying to figure out what Fox can do when it comes to Greg Olson because we're both huge fans of his. Think that he, he not only is he great, but he's gotten better as his career has gone on. What's at stake here for him, and what's possible for him and Fox? Well, I mean, first of all, we should step back and realize these are first world problems of the highest order, right? I mean, there's a lot more important things in the world going on than will Greg uh, Olson be a, you know, a millionaire or a multimillionaire. But they, you know, this situation is unlike any situation in modern sports broadcasting. They, They have the most famous person in the history of the NFL in waiting, who signed a contract with Fox Corp, not just Fox Sports, uh, not only to do the games, but also to be a brand ambassador. And what that means is, you know, you bring Tom Brady in if you're looking to close, like, mega deals. He represents Fox Corp uh, throughout all their different mediums. And they wouldn't just be paying him for uh, to be an NFL game analyst. They're sort of paying him for more. But as it turned out, Greg Olson became arguably the best NFL analyst out there. So that presents, like, a very, very unique and odd problem in that you've signed Tom Brady to this mega contract. I have not seen Tom Brady's contract, but I would not doubt that within the contract, there's probably some clause that he has to be the number one analyst. And you're not signing Tom Brady to be a studio host or the number two. And so now they have to figure out what to do with Greg Olson to Fox's credit. And I will give them credit on this. They did promote the guy. They did put him on the number one broadcast. They gave him a chance to succeed and he took it and ran with it for sure. So, and also knows all this and he's handled this, 
like a clinic. He's He's been self-deprecating. He's acknowledged that I know Tom's coming. They're not bringing Tom in to be, you know, on the number four team. So if I was Olsen's agent, it's very easy for me to do from 10,000 feet. I would stay with Fox. I would stay on the, I would, I would, I would join the number two team with Joe Davis, Pam Oliver, excellent team. I would wait my time a little bit because I don't expect Tom Brady to fulfill the, his contract, which is a 10-year contract with Fox. And I think very soon I will be the number one analyst again on that network. But again, that is very easy for me to say. And there's a big salary difference between what the number one analysts get for the NFL and what the number two analysts get. Do you think that it's possible that that Greg could find himself like other another network could look and say, "Man, we'd love to get him out of his contract with Fox." I I, I think contractually, he probably has the ability to go to another network if they offer him a number one job. I, I think in a lot of contracts, I think that's likely the case where you know if if you get a you know, it's like the Doc Rivers thing. Like if, you know, if, if, if someone offers you an NBA coaching job, there probably was something in the contract, I would imagine, that allowed him to either take it or to talk about it. The thing with the problem for Olsen is I, I don't see that opening. Collinsworth is under contract. He's a longtime NBC guy. I don't think anything happens with him. Troy Aikman is under a longer contract. They just reshaped that entire booth for ESPN and ABC. They have a Super Bowl coming up. So... They wouldn't change that. That would make no sense. I know a lot of people sort of dump on Romo, but how CBS feels about Romo is not the same as a lot of people on Twitter might feel about him. He's under contract again for a significant number of years. Nothing is going to change with Romo, at least in 2024. So the the wild card, like in theory, could be Herb Street. But again, he is under contract with Amazon. He has made it part of his life to do both college and the pros. Al Michaels has another year left on his contract, and I don't see Amazon changing. You know, you got to sort of remember, even as good as Olsen is, and again, absolutely an excellent analyst, you know, part of like the reason Greg Olsen is good is because he has a really good team around him. He's got a great producer and director who have done those games forever. Um, he's got an excellent play-by-play broadcaster in Kevin Burkhardt who allows him to be. I know Olsen's very tight with you know Aaron Andrews, Tom Bernaldi, and the rest of the crew. So if you're Olsen, it's not so easy, let's even say if the opportunity presented himself, to jump into an entirely new situation, which is what Amazon would be. You don't know the director. You don't know the producer. You've never worked with a play-by-play person. You know what I mean? You never work with the replay operator. You're doing different games Thursday night versus Sunday. So it's even if you want to sort of do like fantasy uh, booking here, as they would say in the wrestling business, it's just not as easy to make that move as you might think. And then finally, I would just say this. This is my personal opinion. doesn't mean I'm right. I think Fox's number two schedule personally is a better job than Amazon's number one schedule. I, I think you, do, you, you may not make as much money, but I actually think you will do better games and be more relevant on Fox Network versus Amazon. That, that's If I was Greg Olson's agent, that's how I would look at it. I wish I liked Joe Davis more. You know, I just, it's just my, when, when you reminded me that that's the number two voice, I mean, he's he's fine. I He's just not, like, I much prefer Adam Amin. There are so many people who are just more human and more, that aren't that don't sound to me like an algorithm, like some sort of national play-by-play bot. <laughs> He's an AI. Joe Davis is AI. Joe Davis. Yeah, to the point where it's almost kind of weird. 
and I hear it during baseball, and I hear it I hear it more during baseball than football, but it bugs me. Yeah, that's obviously I think that's probably your own personal preference, and that's yep. fine. This is what this is always the case with all these broadcasters. The one thing I know about Joe Davis is he's worked with a lot of people. They all say great things about him. He's oh. obviously the voice of the World Series. Oh, everybody loves him. I mean, he, I'm sure yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's a, del- he's a delightful guy. Right. So my point is, if you're Olsen, you're at least working into a situation which is going to be easy. You're going to have a play-by-play person who's going to who's going to want to make it work for you. I know Pam Oliver forever. Um, she's the best of the best. Uh, probably does a lot of Bears games. You guys have probably seen her a lot. So, um, you know, in that sense, I, I think that would be an easy crew to walk into. You know, Fox also has Adam Amin, who I think is a terrific, and you guys know him from Chicago, terrific broadcaster. Maybe, maybe he's the number two uh, guy down the road. The, the thing about Fox in terms of play-by-play, their first three guys are, are all relatively young. You know, I mean, Burkhardt is he's still under 50. Adam Amin, I'm pretty sure, is, I'm almost sure he's under 40. And Joe Davis is under 40. And so um, in, in many ways, it's like a sort of a, an avalanche of riches here. At the same time, there's only one, you know, there's only one number one spot. And only one person can do the A games. Like, you know, just in baseball, only one person can do, can do that. But it, the, the ultimate situation is just interesting because we've just never seen this before. Because you, you almost never have somebody who's sort of in waiting. But then it's not just anybody who's in waiting. It's Tom Brady. And... You don't hire Tom Brady to, you know what I'm saying, to be like one of the five people on Fox NFL Sunday. You don't hire Tom Brady to do the, you know, the the the, the Tampa Bay Atlanta game seen by 10% of the country. And that's what Olsen's had to face. And again, I got great admiration for him because he could have, he, he really could have handled this totally different. He could have been ticked off. He could have, you know, been leaking to the press, like sort of negative stuff about Fox. He could have not sort of been self-deprecating about it. But he totally, I, he he totally provided a clinic on this, and now we'll see. Um, again, like it's got a these guys are these guys are very different than all of us. They're they're competitive athletes to the highest order for a reason. They all want to be on the top job. They all want to have the highest pay. And now he's going to sort of have to navigate a situation where, based on merit, he should be a number one analyst. But based on reality, those jobs don't exist at the moment. Richard, from what you've found out talking to people that work at the network level do they even care what the broadcast sounds like or looks like and and I, I'm I'm not trying to be flippant it's just that if you've made these big deals with Tony Romo and I know that, that you had the story about the them talking to Romo a couple years ago about what was going on with them it doesn't feel like it's gotten better so does it matter to them when they're doing incredible numbers and making all sorts of money? And is anything at stake in the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, first of all, it matters to them, for sure. It matters to them how the public feels. It matters to them how they, they feel their broadcast is doing. So first and foremost, they're going to make their own judgments based on how they feel the broadcast performs. And that will be a case of network executives watching the broadcast themselves talking to the producer and the director and the associate producer, they're not going by Twitter sentiment. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not going to, if they, if you make business judgments based on that, you're insane. In, at least in my opinion. And, and you shouldn't have that job too, too often. I have seen media companies uh, kind of chase sentiment and it's always going to be a losing proposition, but no question that Tony Romo is not the darling of the, um, 
of the public the way he was in 20, you know, when he, when he jumped in 2017, 2018, because he was so new and fresh. This happens though. You know, and by the way, I, I like the Romo Nance broadcast. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spin it at all. Like I, I, I think a little bit of the Romo bashing becomes performative to be very honest and people just jumping on it. But, um, the thing for Romo is that, like, you know, new people come on, like Olsen, and they sound different. And in Olsen's case, he sees the field differently, and you could see how prepared the guy is. So you get judged, and this is going to happen to Brady, too. You're not, you're not, often, you're not only judged anymore in your own performance. You're sort of judged against others in the same uh, ecosystem, uh, which is whether it's fair or unfair, that's what happens. But, but good executives won't judge it on that. They'll judge it based on how they think – their network is performing. And then get back to your question on viewership, and it's a, and it's a good one. Um, do I think viewership at the end of the day sort of means that the broadcast is successful? No, but it's, it would, it's hard to make changes, right, if you're, you're putting these record numbers up. Literally a couple hours ago, before you guys called me, CBS released its AFC championship number. It's the most watched AFC championship number ever for them. So – you know, if you sort of just base things on that, like why would you change? Your, your, the viewers are flocking to your game. Now, one might say, hey, if it's, if it's the three of us doing the game, they'd get the same numbers. I, I, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But my point is in terms of a proposition, you're unlikely to make a change if you're putting up those kind of, those kind of viewership metrics. But they do self-analysis. Every week, the good broadcast networks send notes to all their broadcasters on what they liked and what they didn't, and it's very much a flowing conversation between the good network executives and each of the crews. And anybody, by the way, on any of these crews, if they're any good, they're going to take this constructive criticism and sort of use it to their advantage. The people who aren't good just dismiss it all and say, no, I'm the best. I don't need this kind of advice. Talking with Richard Deitch on the Bernstein and Holmes Show on Sports Radio 670, The Score, you mentioned Doc Rivers in passing. Is J.J. Redick going to be sitting next to Doris Burke and Mike Breen? He could be. They like him a lot. I mean, the ESPN execs have liked him for a long time now. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a different voice, and he's part of this generation of athletes who sort of own their own content post-playing and are unafraid to sort of speak to the masses with, I think, some reality. I actually like J.J. because he's willing to call out a lot of uh, media performative stuff and BS, which we haven't often seen other athletes do. But we also know um, that's obviously. hard to do at ESPN where so much of it is occurring. You know, and and that, that as they're, and we know now with the way they may be investing some of their money, as the, that's only going to become more difficult to actually tell those truths from the inside. Wait a minute. You don't want just Cowboys, Chiefs, LeBron coverage? You want more than that? Um, don't get me started. Yeah, I agree. It's very hard. Uh, I'll be careful here because I don't want to get you guys an FC, FCC violation. It's a lot easier to do when you have FU money, though, right, yeah. from other places. So, yeah, you got some, JJ's got some freedom in that if it all ended tomorrow at ESPN, my sense is that his finances are okay. Um, so that's part of the freedom. And also, you know, the freedom of you have your own content. You own your own content. You can make money that way. But, yeah, I, I, I think they – they, they like a three-person booth in the NBA Finals. They like the analysts playing off each other. That's, that's not a knock on Doris Burke, and it wouldn't be a knock on either Van Gundy solo or Jackson solo. They just prefer sort of as an organization the three-person booth. 
w- whether that's good or not, really, honestly, is almost always up to viewers. There were there have been many years where NBC back in the day, right? They had only two. Uh, they had one analyst and one play-by-play call, or CBS the same. I'm talking just NBA. And then obviously, I think most viewers have now gotten used to a three-person booth for the for the finals. The good news for for ABC uh, for ESPN is they don't have to make any decision like ASAP. Um, they have all this depth, so they'll be able to cover all these games as they head forward. But if they decide to go with JJ, and I would I would call it fifty-fifty. I think come March, that's kind of when you got to start assigning him games then with Doris and Mike Breen, just to get like you know there is a chemistry issue here. You want to just see in terms of how the three work together. Uh, you know how you play off the other analysts, which is you know not easy to do when a shot clock is very very quick in the NBA. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I think Doris and, and Mike Brink can handle this easily. But if you're going to sort of go based on historically and how ESPN plays it, I, I think I would probably put it, you know, if I was going to Vegas, I, I'd, I'd probably make JJ being on the broadcast more like a very, very, very slight favorite than not. I wanted to ask you to look ahead a little bit, Richard, because I, I, over the last few nights I've had a really – cool time on Twitter and people can't say that much anymore. Um, talking about women's college basketball uh, after the, the South Carolina LSU game, there was a really robust conversation. I did a whole pod last night about what's wrong with LSU basketball after they lost to Mississippi state last night. Clearly there's been exponential growth in women's college basketball. Where do you think there is an opportunity for similar growth in another sport that isn't already at the forefront yet. Well, first of all, let me congratulate you for having fun on Twitter because you clearly are not getting the same stuff I get Ugh. with with psychops about Taylor Swift um, <laughs> being hired by the CIA, CIA to make the Chiefs the uh, the overwhelming favorite. No, I'm, I'm get, we're getting that too. No, all that too? <laughs> Richard, all I get are porn bots liking tweets of mine from seven years ago. Okay, Jason Whitlock. No, but the thing is, is that what, what what I think is interesting is that I threw out a thread about what happened in the South Carolina LSU game, and it, there were nothing but men in the thread, which I also think is kind of incredible. But the fact right. that that I think if you were to ask just the random sports fan to name women college basketball players versus male college basketball players, and you took out their favorite team, I think that we're at a place now where the Angel Reese's of the world have become stars that have transcended their sport. Well, first of all, I blame Taylor Swift for the Iran-Contra scandal as well as the War of 1812. That's just me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you are correct. Women's basketball is having like a – a big popular culture moment. Caitlin Clark is at the forefront of that. Angel Reese, obviously Paige Beckers, um, you know, would be part of that as well. But this really all stemmed from the LSU, uh, Iowa game last year when 9.9 million people watched that game that, that, that obliterated the viewership record for a women's basketball championship at 9.9 million is the kind of stuff that college football puts up, you know, for let's say like a big regular season game between two ranked teams. So those numbers are incredible. Um, you might not get that this year because of the confluence of everything that happened last year. Also, just as someone covered women's basketball for many years, Sports Illustrated, I don't think Iowa has the talent to get to the finals again. But that sport is on the rise and will continue. That That's not going to go away. The sport that I like in terms of what's another women's growth sport to look head fo- heading forward, 
women's softball and, co- and women's mm-hmm. college volleyball. Now, they're not going to be – I don't think they're going to hit the levels of women's basketball because ultimately women's basketball players on a campus, they're just more popular. They have a pro league to play in after afterwards that is watched by people. So it's not going to be the same. But you know, having written about this a long time, you look at the women's college softball numbers and you look at the women's college volleyball numbers, and they're, they're going up. And they've gone up over the last couple of years in an era where – a lot of things on cable and linear don't go up. Networks have noticed this. They're putting, they're putting these games on much better programming windows, which means you know, you'll know you see these sports on an ABC or a Fox, where once upon a time they were only on ESPN2 or FS1 or the Big Ten Network. So I like the growth opportunities in that. But you know, in some ways, I, I'm not saying this is good. And like you, I mean, again, I covered women's basketball at SI for 15 years. So trust me when I can tell you that, like, when I've been on Twitter, like I've seen all sorts of horrible garbage when it comes to that sport. Women reporters get a lot worse than me. But, you know, again, as someone who likes women's basketball, tweet about it, I see it. But in some ways also, it is a sign of popularity, right? It's a sign of popularity that there's enough people out there who know who Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese are to actually hate on them. And in some ways that is progress because they have morphed over to the popular um, – sporting culture but it's a really good thing i mean the fact alone that fox would put um like a women's college basketball game in a window let's say on a sunday where they were going up against like you know another network that had football and of course it's not going to come close to the nfl but that's really big progress well once upon a time you know that could have been some like two-hour documentary that they did on like you know the 1986 raiders or something like that so we're in we're, we're, we're heading in a in a, in a good place, and um, I'm going to be really curious to see how the tournament does this year because, you know, it may be Caitlin Clark's last year in college. Looks almost for sure Angel Reese's last year in college. Most like we'll see what happens with Paige Beckers and some of these these other stars. But uh, women's college basketball is having a pretty good moment. It's cool to see. As we let you go, Richard, we would be remiss to not mention the meta topic as we discuss Greg Olson and Tom Brady, uh, who now that Andrew Marchand has announced that he is joining The Athletic to write sports business and media, what kind of conversations are going on there? What? Andrew Marchand is joining The Athletic? Yes, I did know about this prior, prior before the news breaking. Um, well, listen, the guy, Marchand is a, ter- is a tremendous newsbreaker, um, and... And we'll add, I think, you know, sort of fantastic coverage in that area. The one thing, you know, and again, I mean, you know, we'll see how this works out. I mean, in many ways, we're all day to day in media, even those of us who have a contract. Although I got a pretty good employment lawyer in Toronto, so I'm feeling pretty good on that. But, um, you know, like the reality is, I can just tell you this. I'm I'm not trying to come off like a self-promoting ass, but like my stuff does really good traffic. Like, and what it tells you is that, like, there's much more of an interest in sports media than I think, like, generally editorial managers ever realized and knew. I mean, there's a reason why all these blogs, like, exploded in the 2010s, et cetera. So there's enough to go around. And, you know, in terms of the real meta stuff, I just think Marsha and I are very different. We're different writers. We like different things. Um, I think we have different strengths. So I think it could work. I mean, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. Like, you know, we'll have this conversation uh, six months from now. But, you know, the Athletic has the athletic has done a good job in terms of really, like, loading up in areas where they think that they can get interest. You know, there's a reason we have, like, 15 college football writers, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, 40 NFL writers, 
We have multiple NASCAR or racing riders. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, I knew it was coming, honestly, for a couple of weeks. The announcement's uh, there today. And, again, I, I, Martian is a, is a very, very skilled newsbreaker, and I would expect him to be doing the same things for us as he did for the New York Post. And I agree. And I will enjoy both of your work and appreciate, I appreciate that. And appreciate Please. you taking you. the time to uh, spend so much uh, with us today. Now, listen, I love Chicago. It, uh, now living in Toronto as an American, I live in a city, honestly, that reminds me the most of Chicago. So I'm always glad to be out with you guys. Thanks, Richard. We appreciate the time. Talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you. Richard Deitch of The Athletic. A lot in there. Mm-hmm. Want to talk some NBA next? Sure. We can react to what Richard said if you want. We can save the NBA topic for another time. It depends okay. which, which way but you no, want to yeah, go. No, there's... there's I, I just I, I I do disagree strongly with something he said. I do too. All right, let, let's let's, talk about let's discuss that next on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. By the way, I, I like the Romo Nance broadcast. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Sp- spin it at all like I, I i think a little bit of the romo bashing becomes performative to be very honest and people just jumping on it but um the thing for romo is that like you know new people come on like olsen and they sound different and in olsen's case he sees the field differently and you could see how prepared the guy is yeah i read i disagree with richard deitch about the criticism of tony romo I think Romo's been bad. I think he's gotten progressively worse as he's done less work, and it's all superlatives and screams, and the saying of Jim is, has, is completely out of control and is now a, a, a pet peeve of mine that I can't unhear, and it just makes for a very difficult consumer experience. If we would have had more time, I would have. It was on my the tip of my, my brain where I was like, I'm – going to ask him why he likes the broadcast because I was curious like what was it maybe there's something that I'm missing I think that Jim Nance is still fine 
I think that Tracy Wilson's really good. But I think that Romo, like you said, there's been a descent that's gone on with him since he started. Now, I get the idea of he's closer to the game, so in those first couple of years, it was easy for him to pull the magic trick of, I'm getting ready to tell you what to do, because more than likely, he still had the the game planning software programmed and maybe even knew some of the calls that were going around the league because he played the position. I just feel like when I'm listening now, I'm listening to a guy that is relying on his relationship with Jim to pull him through. It doesn't feel like the like we were the opposite of Greg, Greg Olson, where it doesn't feel like the preparation is strong. It feels like the, there's the great family guy bit uh, where they're making fun of Ben Affleck. He's like, oh, I've got to I've got to go be King Lear in, in an hour. And he's like, hello, hello. Got it. That's how I feel like Romo is getting ready for games where it's like, oh, I got it. I got it. Well, when- I'll just take whatever they told me and I'm going to push some of the coaching agendas without pushing back. And that's one of the things. He didn't know the name of the Bears offensive coordinator. There's that. I'm know- really impressed watching the tape this week by Luke Getzky. Off- I mean, come on. And he did that multiple times. If it was one time, it's fine. And then he laughed at it. Well, like, oh, I'm told his name is Getzy. That's the offensive coordinator of the team whose game you're doing nationally. You know, you know it's you're the show. When you are the analyst, it's your show. The play-by-play guy is only there to facilitate everything, to say some last names, to bring you in and out of commercial, to, to, to talk over the establishment shots, to voice over the sponsors. It is your show, and it's like he doesn't want it to be. And it also is there isn't enough pushback, which is one of my criticisms of Chris Collinsworth this year when it came to Bears broadcast specifically. The guy who I think does that really well is Troy Aikman. Does his own work. That he's doing his own thing. And I'm sure that there are moments where Troy's in meetings with coaches and he's like, okay, sure. Exactly. Well, Aikman is critical enough to think, why is he why is he feeding me this? Right. When I can watch the tape and I am watching the tape. I still think that Tony is uh, interesting, and and I do think that there's fun to be had he's in upbeat. the booth. He's definitely yeah. upbeat. Yeah. It just feels like he's not – it feels like he's not trying, and that's a little offensive that, that you're in this position and you're kind of not even trying where you see that there are other analysts who are in similar positions – all around sports where even if I don't necessarily like, like, for example, I'm not a big Smoltz guy. Okay. Oh, I'm, ugh. Ugh. But I know that when he takes the microphone, he's at least committed to giving me his point of view. Yeah, but it's often wrong I, and, I, and under-informed. I, that's actively under-informed, and he's proud of it being under-informed. But at least it's a point of view. And then I, as a viewer, can go, eh, come on, man. And that's not how the game is played. When I'm watching Romo, it just feels like the information is right there and you're choosing like not to get engaged with the game that you're watching today. Like I've said this before, that we've been blessed with some really good local analysts and 
the we're definitely spoiled. And, and for me, the a really good mix most nights between fun, occasionally goofy and silly, and taking the serious stuff seriously is Stacy King. Stacy King is he teaches the game, and I don't always agree with him. No, you mostly don't agree with, with him. With certain things. There's certain things that, that I, we, we just have a different basketball philosophy. But I respect the difference of opinion. And I, I mean, I, I respect his coaching chops because there are times where he's, he sees stuff, he says stuff, and he, and he, and you, but you feel like you're hanging out with somebody who isn't going to cheat you and isn't blowing smoke about a guy. By the way, Brady's on McAfee. Or was on McAfee? I don't know if they're live or tape. He said that he's been doing some work with Kevin Burkhart already. So that's that's encouraging that if you're looking forward to seeing Tom Brady, that and I'm I'm not surprised. Just the way that he's wired, you're not going to get a lazy performance from Tom Brady. Like he is going to be in it. I don't know if he'll be able to pull it off. No, he won't be Joe Montana. But it won't be because he didn't try. It won't be that he just punted. And that's that's the thing that it feels like with Romo, where Romo's like, well, I mean, and, and to a certain extent, he's right. He's got the gig. They're not moving him out of the gig. He can just get comfortable and do the gig. Because it, it's very unlikely that they're going to move on from him. So, you know, you've made all your money as a quarterback, and now you've made more money as an analyst. Things must feel pretty sweet for Tony Romo right now. You know, you make, what, $125 million as a quarterback and $180 million as a broadcaster. And you get to play any course you want whenever you want. Yep. Very nice. High Noon is coming up. I have a conclusion to an open-ended High Noon story that I think you will remember, and it involves murder. I want to talk about puppies. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? It's high noon. Started out by talking about the Bears a little bit. This false idea that there's a right decision and a wrong decision when it comes to how they handle the quarterback and their path going forward. I think we should look at history and specifically Bears history and draft history to realize there's a much better possibility that no matter what they do, they're going to be wrong. And Lawrence backed that up with some history from the Bears themselves with Josh Lucas on football night in Chicago. We talked a little bit about broadcasting and the future of Greg Olson and Richard Dice joined us to do the same. We reacted to that. I saw the videos for this and do yourself a favor and search these videos out too. These are the type of videos that will not get you in trouble at work. Although it might just delay you working. The 49ers, before the NFC Championship game, got puppy therapy. This is a story from ESPN. Ahead of the NFC Championship game, the San Francisco 49ers are calming their nerves with puppy therapy, courtesy of the Humane Society Silicon Valley, which works to build, quote, a more compassionate community by saving homeless pets, close quote. 
The Puppies visited the 49ers on Friday, two days before San Francisco faces Detroit for a spot in the Super Bowl. Players such as George Kittle and Chase Young couldn't help but cuddle the furry animals. They also answered questions on TikTok while holding the puppies. San Francisco has a chance to reach its third Super Bowl this century, though they haven't yet have yet to win it since 1995. Here's a quote. The players really rely on Zoe to brighten their day. Zoe is a French bulldog that that the the team adopted in 2018. So, meetings, practices and workouts can make for a long day. Zoe acts as a stress reliever. Close quote. Animal therapy potentially has a positive impact on athletes and parenthetically I would say on people in general. Fonzie. Um I just love this. Both of my kids' colleges during finals have available puppy therapy. It's great. They've got, you can go, they, they'll let you know that you get a text, like the dogs are here, and you can go sometimes inside, sometimes outside, and you just go, and there's just dogs there for you to hang out with. And the good thing is, is that I imagine that that some of these guys are like, you know what I need? A puppy. And then they can adopt one of these puppies. So... What a cool way to like spend a couple hours to decompress by hanging out with puppies that just want to hang out with you and wag their tail and lick your face. Yep, we're within I think a week of getting Maggie. We've got Maggie I think for ten days. We're very excited about it. Yeah, I need to go see my guy Pudge. I got I still got Christmas gifts for him. Well, well, Pudge, we're wondering where you are then. Yeah, I know. I've been absent. I'm gonna go see Pudge, and he's gonna make me feel good. You know, hopefully I'll make him feel good, too, because I got a gift for him. He's going to chew it up. If I tell you the name Caitlin Armstrong, remember who that is? Remember Caitlin Armstrong? I feel like that was a high noon story. It was. Caitlin Armstrong has been on the lam. She was the suspect in the murder of Mariah Moe Wilson, the professional gravel bike racer. We had a love triangle. Yes. And we had a murder. And she shot this woman repeatedly and then went on the lam. And if you remember all the pictures of Caitlin Armstrong, I was like, wow. Yeah, people were like, she's really, really attractive. Yeah, that, that is a that that was a MILF where the M stands for murderer. Well, she doesn't look like that anymore. Because in Costa Rica, to where she fled. She had plastic surgery done. So the pictures of her at her sentencing, she's unrecognizable. But how did they catch her, you wonder? You know what they did? This is the U.S. Marshals. You you talk about cinematic. Federal authorities planted a phony advertisement seeking a yoga instructor to capture the Texas woman later convicted of murdering an elite bicyclist and perceived romantic rival. So she vanished from Austin. The murder was May 11th of 2022. Tips led authorities to Costa Rica. Deputy U.S. Marshals Damian Fernandez and Emir Perez had a needle-in-a-haystack challenge of finding their suspect in the tropical paradise filled with Americans living relaxed, expat lives. So Perez said to CBS, we had other intelligence indicating she was staying in hostels in Costa Rica. And I don't even know anything about Costa Rica, but Costa Rica has a lot of hostels, an unbelievable amount. They found a businessman with connections to Armstrong who is now going by the name Beth. 
And according to pictures provided by the contact, she had changed her appearance. And even when the search narrowed to the small mountain town of Santa Teresa, it was still a tough search. Fernandez said, from the get-go, we were told, you're going to be in for a surprise because a lot of the women in Santa Teresa look just like Caitlin. With little hope of finding Armstrong, authorities threw a Hail Mary pass. So we decided we're going to put an ad out, multiple ads, for a yoga instructor, and we'd see what would happen. We got a bite. Someone who identified herself as a yoga instructor and said they wanted to meet with us at a particular hostel. And we said, here's our chance. Perez met Armstrong, got close enough to see bandages on her face, which were connected to cosmetic surgery she had had to change her appearance and evade capture. But the changes weren't enough to throw Perez off the trail. He said the eyes were the exact same as I saw in the picture. And then Fernandez said he gets in the car and said, that's her. She's in there. Local police moved in for the arrest. Receipts were later found at Armstrong's hostel showing payments for plastic surgery. Wow. And the jury convicted her to 90 years. Her sentence, she was convicted and sentenced to 90 years in prison. That is, wow. Why do you not burn the cosmetic receipts? What are we doing? You, you go through all the trouble to cover up and you leave that kind of evidence? Not great. Blood simple, as they say. Wow. Um, I have some breaking news. Yes. And it's, it's, it, and it's not good for the Bears. This is from Tom Pelissero. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson informed the Seahawks and commanders that he's staying in Detroit. What? Johnson is still only 37, and he'll be a hothead coaching candidate again next year. But first, he wants to take another shot at bringing the Lombardi Trophy to Detroit. Or is it good for the people that want Iberfus fired after next year so they can hire Ben Johnson? Maybe. Fire him now and hire Ben Johnson. That, I feel like he just this, said he's not interested in anyone. Uh, maybe he's interested in the Bears. He's always I, I feel like I feel like this puts Belichick back in play, by the way. Washington yeah. for Belichick. You want someone to come fix Ow. your franchise? What? You don't have enough time. Just saying. I think that now Belichick's back in play. Also, Arthur Smith is going to be the offense coordinator in Pittsburgh, which I think is a really smart move by Mike Tomlin and crew. Yeah, Ben Johnson and his offense, I actually have, like, in my notes, I didn't bring it up in our meeting, but I had in my notes something, a Ben Johnson topic that I wanted to get to. And that's his use of play action and multiple formations. It's it's something I can probably just bring up with Bowen and we can talk about. But, yeah, he's going to be sticking around. There you go. Wow. Yep. That's high noon Great. and breaking NFL news. You have some receipts you'd like to share that you've saved, not for your plastic surgery. <laughs> well, you never know. Um, and I do love Costa Rica. I've been there a couple times. It's pretty great. That's where Lovey Smith was attacked by macaques, right? But he had a machete, and he took care of business. Macaques, macaques, macaques. Macaques. Um, when, when I come back, I want to try to inform people about conversations about quarterbacks and the people who have these conversations the people whose opinion that you're taking and running with. I want you to remember what some of their opinions are. We'll talk about the quarterback draft complex next here on The Score. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.